It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome to Silver and Black today, the post-game edition of our Odyssey original podcast. The Raiders, 40-34 to 34 winners. 40 spot, folks. Raider Nation has to be excited tonight as the Raiders move to 4-7. and seven. They go to Seattle. They now win two in a row on the road in what has been a difficult year. And the Raiders started off rocky, but boy, did they finish on track in this one, winning in overtime And everybody out there has to be excited as this team, as I said throughout the week, this team to put together two wins, to go to Seattle and win this game would be very big for this team just to continue that role, that gain that confidence and kind of find their identity. Was it perfect? No. We'll talk about that, but a lot to talk about from the positive side of things. And to do that, as always, on these post-game shows, I am joined uh, by our good friend, and that is uh, Mr. Murph from, uh, excuse me, I'm, I'm switching my cameras back and forth here. Uh, Murph <laughs> from Raiders Fan Radio. He joins us now. He is traveling. You're in Florida, right, Murph? I'm actually in the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. Mississippi. I came down to visit. Yeah, I came down to visit my son who's stationed at the CB base in, uh, in uh, here in Gulfport, Mississippi, uh, serving in the world's greatest Navy. And so, uh, so shout out to my son, Tristan. Appreciate his service and, uh, and all the young men and women that are serving there at, uh, at the CB's base. But yeah, so I'm traveling and uh, so I'm looking out the Gulf of Mexico out of one, uh, out of, on one side and I got to watch the Raiders win a football game on the other side. I got to yes, celebrate sir. it with my, with my son. This is the first time he said, dad, this is the first time in a few years. I think I can remember sitting down and watching a whole Raider game with you. And they actually won. <laughs> we'll see. It's a good holiday weekend. Thanksgiving, uh, of course, wrapping up tonight. <laughs> yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. And it's great that you got to spend it with your family. My college age son is here too, as well. So it's been uh, a great, and I'm sure for all of you out there with family, friends, or loved ones. Uh, so we wish you had a good one. It was a great Sunday Murph. And as you talked about, this Raider team showed resilience, started Rocky, the interception on the first play from Derek Carr, uh, missing Devontae Adams there. Uh, and you're like, oh, no, here we go. But they there kept it together pretty well. Give me your initial reaction to this game, how this team played. And, of course, we'll dive into the particulars as we move along. You know, the things I think the thing that stood out to me most, Scott, was that it is confirmed that the Seahawks have the absolute worst uniforms in all of football <laughs> and uh, and their fans are highly overrated. But, you know, neither here nor there. Um, but, no, but in all seriousness, on the field, uh, this Raider team showed a lot of resiliency today. Um, we saw a lot of plays that, uh, you know, didn't go the Raiders way. Right. We saw a lot of mistakes happen. But I think that, you know, as, as I uh, speaking of my son, I tell him all the time, 
Your, your, your character is not defined by the mistakes you make. Your character is defined in what you do in response to those mistakes. And, in, in, and at times when the Raiders would make a mistake, like, I don't know, not converting on a, on a, on a fourth down. But and by the way, can we stop throwing the ball back <laughs> six yards when it's third and six inches to, or fourth and six inches to go? Drives me nuts when we do that kind of stuff. But anyways, but like you have those kind of mishaps in the game, but then you continue to fight. Uh, the team continues to play for Josh McDaniels. You know, as much criticism as this coaching staff has been under throughout the course of this season. Um, you know, this that that narrative that there was a disconnect or, you know, some kind mm -hmm. of dysfunction between coach and players or coaches and players, uh, the, the Raiders uh, have now continued to defy that now two weeks in a row. And so so it's great to see. And, uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm always proud to be a Raider fan, but it always feels a little extra, a little extra something, something when we when you when you pull out a game on the road in Seattle, where historically we don't play all that great as of late. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, Seattle playing well. I mean, of course, they've been one of the stories of the NFL. They discard Russell Wilson to the Broncos, who again lose today. Just look terrible. Uh, Russell Wilson now uh, getting an earful from his his teammates on the sideline, as we saw in the video, too. So just just horrific situation for those folks in Denver and and, and smiles on the face of Raider oh. Nation because, yeah, because it is the misfortune of, <laughs> of the donkeys, as the Raiders fans call. Uh, but you look at that situation, you look what happened in Seattle, and you knew it was going to be a tough game. I had a, a hard time picking the Raiders just because two games in a row on the road, that defense has done pretty well against the run. But guess what? They've never faced Josh Jacobs when Josh Jacobs is running in a contract year. Josh Jacobs, are you ready for this, Murph? I don't know. I'm sure you saw the stats. 33 carries, 200, 229 wow. yards, average of seven per play, two touchdowns. And of course, he had the 86-yard run to win the damn ball game. So you look at what Josh Jacobs is. I mean, and I've said this all along, and now it's four wins. This team does not have four wins. It might not have any wins, maybe one without Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs has put this team on his back with all due respect to the quarterback and taken it on his shoulders and said, listen, guys, follow me. And look what he did in this game coming in banged up, right? He, that we weren't sure he was going to even play in this game, Murph. And he comes out and gives one of the best, if not the best performance of his career. You know, I love seeing the power that Josh Jacobs runs runs with. I mentioned last week he's like a smaller version of Derrick Henry, and like yeah. this is one of those kind of games where you just see that evident. Or something about those Alabama running backs, man. They they know how to run between the tackles, and that's where it gets frustrating to me when we get them outside that tackle box. And you saw it on that 86 yard run. I mean, it was he had blasted it right up the middle. Of course, had a, an amazing block by Jakob Johnson, who's having a killer year and one Great of the underrated Raiders. Uh, you know, and 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 you know, as much as we miss Alec Engold, you know, he's done an amazing job. Uh, Jakob Johnson has, but, but yeah, but not to, not to, uh, you know, devalue what Josh did on the field today. Cause you, you're right. He's absolutely put this team on his back. Uh, not only is he just, he, he runs tough. You know, we see him with that on that one play. He had a, he had a, he had a, a great juke on a play. Then he had a stiff arm and then took like, you see, like, you know, he, he has like all, he's like the, the total package, man, when it mm -hmm. comes, when it comes to running backs, but the, and then, and then we see the hands today, we see him running like slant routes and stuff and seeing him pick up big yardage like that. Um, you know, it's what an amazing year for him. Uh, I brought this up last week, and and I and I and I don't have enough understanding of how um, franchise tags and things like that work. And I don't know if you can explain if we need to defer to like a mo, but on it. But like what what, what I'm what I'm wondering, Scott, is that when you decline a player's fifth year option, can you still franchise tag them? Because if his franchise tag number is 
you know, reasonably affordable. And then maybe yeah. there is a case where the Raiders hang on to Josh Jacobs because I was thinking he was going to be gone no matter what, you know, because someone's going to offer him stupid money. So I'm just kind of curious to where that'll go. But you're, you're right. And, and, and to button it up, the, the idea that not only is he our closer on offense, but I didn't we see a little bit of relief come from from Derek Carr today? It's like oh, yeah. the, the entirety of the pressure of the offense and the team's success mm-hmm. in general is placed upon the shoulders of DC4. And mm-hmm. when Josh Jacobs takes that sucker 86 yards of the house, Derek about collapses down on himself. And but I and, and I thought in a way it was just like, oh, it was like you just <laughs> felt him exhale that whole thing. Like, okay, I don't have to do this all on my own. Right. You know that there is somebody else in the building that can t- put this team on their shoulders. And I, I just thought that was a great moment for the Raiders in a season where we've had a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of headwinds, as the kids say. That's right. And and in fact, Derek Carr, of course, starts the game with an interception on a ball he overthrew a little bit uh, and put it in, I'd say, hot, if you will. Uh, a zinged it in to Devontae Adams, who couldn't get there, and it's picked off. And he did the same thing with Foster Moreau on the second pickoff uh, as well. So it was a little shaky to start there, but he pulled it together, had another efficient game. And I'm going to, I'll go to the stats now, looking at Derek Carr. Derek Carr, 25 of 36, 295 yards. He finally broke into the three-touchdown game thing that we had heard so many people uh, harping on. Of course, he had the two interceptions. But Derek Carr did everything he had. And the thing to me that really set up outside of the two two passes that were picked, um, Derek Carr had time to throw the ball. The, the offensive line deserves a lot of credit. They weren't perfect. And again, I'm going off watching the game. I watched the film later tonight and into tomorrow morning for our Tuesday show. And so I'll see what I see there. But overall, Murph, I got to tell you, that offensive line uh, stayed together well. A couple penalties, including one in the red zone from Illuminor, which was not great. But overall, you can't complain what they did in this ballgame. Not only running, they've been good at run blocking anyway the last several weeks. But mm-hmm. also the pass blocking got a lot better today. Yeah, a lot better. I think it really shows up, you know, those that performance is evident by looking at our success rate on third down. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it was for the entirety of the game, but I do remember going into halftime. We were like five of seven on third down, which hasn't been the Raiders story at all this year. And so, you know, you, you can't run the football effectively without without a good offensive line you're certainly not converting you're certainly not giving your quarterback enough you know time to to make completions and and, and to, to see the rhythm that Derek Carr has with Devontae Adams in a game where Devontae Adams wasn't the star of the game mm-hmm. um, I don't know what his final stats were but you know he's been on a tear uh the past couple games and 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 now you know I, I think he took a little bit of a back seat in terms of stats and performance and targets and things like that this week. But when, when we needed a conversion on third down and we were throwing the ball, that Derek Carr, Devontae Adams rhythm, that relationship showed up. And so, and I, and, and you're right. I think it all anchors with that offensive line and so much of, you know, not to jump to the other side. I know we'll talk about it uh, effectively later, but you know, like the old school football guys will tell you games were won in the trenches and the right. D line interior, of the D line looked great today and the freaking offensive line looked great today. And look at that. We want a football. We want a close one. Yes, and we're going to get to that defensive line coming up in the next segment, too. But I do want to get to the stats because, to your point, one of the things that we've hit on all year and we talk about on this show, especially the postgame show, is the inability for the Raiders to convert on third down. A lot of that has been due to coaching. A lot of that has been due to that offensive line. But you look at today, they finished 8 of 14, 57%. For a team that's often in the 20 and 30% range, Huge, huge difference, and in my view, the reason they won the game. Also, red zone, two of four. Now, 
This game might have been a little bit of a this might have been a little bit of a blowout had they been able to convert on one more. Uh, but two of four at fifty percent, which was great. Also, goal to go. Remember how terrible they've been in goal to goal for like the last yeah. four years? They were one for one and goal to go. So there you go. All positive impacts. I now Again, people get mad at me because, you know, all the people who want the number one or number two draft pick, they want the Raiders to lose, which still blows my mind. But nonetheless, again, it's about building positivity, seeing what you have. How are you going to build on this team? And Murph, I think seeing that offensive line, they're going to address the offensive line in the offseason. No question. There's still some things there. You're also still missing your top other two receivers in Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, right? So you have guys that were out of the game, too. So you're not going at full speed here, or I should say with your full complement of tools. But overall, the offense, the last two weeks, you have to go on your recency. Two weeks, this offense is putting it together a little more regularly, and you like to see the consistency. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with you. We're going to definitely address address the offensive line. You know, there was as much as we could praise them tonight. You know, we still get we saw you know Dylan Parham on that third one got Oof. absolutely annihilated on that play. You know what I mean? So there's <laughs> not great. He's a young man. He's a rookie, and I and, and I get it. But yeah, we certainly need to to add some depth. We need to add some help. But I think that it's encouraging. I I think to me, my biggest takeaway is this: is that when you see uh, a unit, or you know, uh, in, again, I will talk about defense later. But it, the you know the the defensive struggles we've had, the offensive line struggles that we've had, to see improvement week to week, that's a sign of good coaching. In which we didn't see that early on, we saw regression, which is a sign of bad mm-hmm. coaching. And so that and it was like it seemingly look, it looked like it was only going to go one direction. It looked like this thing was plummeting downhill. We were getting worse and worse and worse as the season went on. We were blowing bigger and bigger leads more frequently, losing on more. You know what I mean? More impactful plays. Um, not winning the down, right? All those things. But now all of a sudden we are starting doing those things. And now they're, again, Seattle's not an easy place to play. You mentioned no. at the top of the show, they're a hot team right now. They're one of the stories of the league this year. A place where we don't historically do good. It's a crazy loud environment. All that stuff stacked up against the Raiders, a team that's been struggling. And so for us to then outperform where we've been and to continually improve, like that's a sign of good coaching. And so that means that, Carmen Brasillo is doing his his work on that offensive line. You know, yeah. we're talking about the offense, you know, like, and so I think that's encouraging. Yes, plenty more work to do, but if this is a case where we start finding some building blocks as we, you know, continue our 10 and seven run and in a, in a run at the Super Bowl, Scott, because we're still going to win it. Now, back to back wins. I mean, it's clearly evident, but, um, but yeah, you know, but I mean, but all seriousness, it's nice to see at least this thing building in a positive direction after it was going so negative for so long. Yeah, in fact, my 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 15-year-old son said, oh, so now they're four and seven. I said, yeah. And he's like, well, they if they win six more, they might make the playoffs. <laughs> I said, yeah. You, he's you not never wrong. Know, right? It's a, it's a, it, I think they're, they're probably their chances improved to 9% today or whatever. But nonetheless, 
again, you just want to see improvement and see what you have there, especially with the way it started this season and the coaching and all that. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into the rest of the game. We'll talk about the defensive line. We'll talk about the coaching. I know it's still an issue. Uh, a lot of people, as Murph mentioned, frustrated by some of the short yardage calls, and I think they have a point. We're going to talk about that a little bit here. So if you're listening to us on the audio, we're going to take a break. If you're listening to us and watching us on the live video, we're going to be right back in just a few seconds. You're listening to Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast, the post-game show Raiders 40-34 to winners over the Seattle Seahawks. Don't go anywhere, Raider Nation.